0: Hello and welcome to the Technical Foul Podcast. My name is Varun Shankar and this week I had the pleasure to sit down with Sean Conway. We recorded this a while ago, but you know, just due to some scheduling stuff, it hasn't come out yet. It was a two-hour interview, so we've decided to split it up into two different podcasts. Part one is obviously here and then part two will be coming out sometime in the near future. Don't know exactly when. Depends on what other guests we have relating to basketball coming up, but obviously we'll see about that in the future but for now listen to this interview with sean it's absolutely spectacular i wrote a feature on him for the latin times mirror you can find that at my twitter page at by shunker and really it's it's a phenomenal interview folks he spoke incredibly and i had a lot of fun recording this so go check it out Joining me now is Loudoun Valley High School Sean Conway. Sean, how are you? I'm doing good. Uh, good to be here. I'm excited. First thing I gotta tell you, so I've been you know doing a lot of research on you recently and I saw a tweet yesterday and it's from a teacher at your school, Rodney Jones, yep. and you had regionals yesterday, the regional uh, swim meet. And you said and the tweet says outstanding job swim team at regionals. Sean Conway set new state 4A records today in 200 free and 100 breast, both all-American times. I got a list of all like your awards and accolades from my editor. I got to update the list now. He sent it to me two weeks ago. and You've already set two new records. Yeah. Um,
1: <laughs> Is there any reaction? What was like? What was the regional tournament like? Uh, it was a lot of energy. Uh, a lot more schools than I was originally anticipating. So um, just a little less people than districts, though, which was kind of a weird change-up. Mm-hmm. It was at the same pool, so it wasn't anything that we It wasn't anything new, but um, the opportunity to just go in, suit up, and uh, race some good times was a really exciting opportunity.
0: So. Wow. You swam the
1: 200 IM, which is a mix of all the strokes, right? So it's freestyle, breaststroke. Yeah, so it goes in a particular order. It's uh, butterfly, backstroke, breaststroke, then freestyle. And uh, it just follows that for every IM event out there. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's primarily usually when I swim. It's one of my uh, prime events. Mm-hmm. Um, I decided to switch things up, though, for uh, mm-hmm. conferences and regionals. Any particular reason or just trying to make things you know, uh, interesting? Just trying to make things interesting, to be honest. Uh, I saw the opportunity to go out and uh, try and hit some more records, and uh, I found that regionals would be a great opportunity to do that. Jesus, you said that so casually.
0: <laughs> I'm just going to go, you know, set, set a few records. No big deal. <laughs> no big deal. So do you have, a, like, a favorite event you like to
1: swim? Honestly, everything hurts in swimming, <laughs> so it's it's always a good time just to go out there and race. If I had to pick a an event, I have the most fun with though, it's probably the uh, two hundred IM. Um, it's of course it's every stroke lined up back to back, and it's just a complete sprint. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of events can rival that. It's a lot of energy. It's a lot of fun. It's a really f- interesting race to watch as well. So. so- Can you tell me, what's like the best story from your swimming career? Oh, there's a lot to choose from. Um, Man, I'd have to think just from an overall memory perspective and just looking back fondly was probably my first international experience. I had the opportunity last year to travel out with a uh, national junior team and uh, compete in Ireland. And um, the friends I made along the way, I'd say probably one of the best memories is um, coming back. I had a pretty rough first 3 days just having trouble acclimating but um jet lag and stuff or jet lag yeah we had 6 hours setback we had a new diet and um it was just a really hard time just getting used to a new mm-hmm. environment like that and um just being able to change my mindset i learned a lot on the second to last day i ended up bringing a homo solver for the us and it was wow. it was a big it was a big step mentally and physically for me and so
0: uh, in that trip to Dublin, what's it like swimming for your country? Because a
1: lot of people talk about you know, the country, pride, patriotism, is yeah. that something you identify with? Honestly, yeah, I, I really did. Um, it wasn't something I was necessarily expecting when I was there, but I was, ha- I was afforded the opportunity to actually uh, be nominated captain by my peers and coaches. And just kind of taking on that mantle, leading cheers, it was not necessarily just a sense of uh, just being a team there. But there was almost a greater sense of just not ne- not only swimming for your peers, but swimming for a greater image mm-hmm. that is just so motivating when it comes to races. And it was just, it was a completely new experience being in that mindset. So.
0: For the listeners at home, Sean's wearing a white USA sweatshirt. Did you get this at the Dublin
1: event? or uh, No, I got this at Winter Nationals. Winter so Nationals, all right. That was an event earlier uh, so, this year. So how did you get selected to go to Dublin? Um, it, was a, it was a trials process. I'm sorry. Uh, it was a trials process where um, my championship meet, NCSA uh, Junior Nationals, they kind of come out with this thing every four years where if you place top two in any given event, you are you are selected to be on a team, so it's not necessarily a consideration. It's very cutthroat and it's very defined with how the guidelines go. So you just have to place top two in any given event, or in a relay event, I believe, place top four. Mm-hmm. And
0: that's for the entire nation.
1: Yes. Oh wow! So which event did you place in? I ended up winning the two hundred IM Whew. in uh, NCSA's, so I was selected for that event. Wow. Okay.
0: You talked about being named captain. Are you the captain of the Valley swimming team as well? Uh, yes, I am. What's the responsibility of talking with that? Because I was talking to a last week Tuscarora's Isabella Middleton, and she was talking about how after her sister graduated, she's got to be the leader now, even though she's just a junior. Right. How many years have you been the captain now? I've been the captain for three years now. Three years. So you started
1: when you were a sophomore. Yes. You're younger than a lot of the kids <laughs> on the team. Yeah. It was, uh, it was an interesting experience, but I feel like Just with how the nomination process went, it was a matter of um, just kind of being able to take that on at an early age. It gave me a lot of experience to just continue that uh, title, and I was very honored when they uh, picked me that sophomore year because I don't even think I was technically eligible for Mm -hmm. that matter, but um, just being able to do that, be there for the team, it added a whole new sense to uh, high school swimming, and it made it a lot more fun.
0: So. How did you
1: balance
0: the extra responsibility that came with being captain? What were your like what did what
1: changed between not being captain and then being captain? What were your responsibilities? I think from a responsibility standpoint, it was less of a like a defined guidelines to being a captain like, oh, lead this, lead that. I mean, the only really definite thing that we would do was actually have captain's meetings before the meets or lead cheers. I think the extra, not necessarily pressure, but the expectations that came with being a captain, though, were kind of what hit the hardest. Just um, in terms of actually swimming? Yeah, and uh, just mindset, uh, work ethic, that kind of stuff. It was a lot of leading by example, mm-hmm. and um, I held myself to that standard, and it was just a matter of continually just reinforcing that. So,
0: Were there any seniors or other upperclassmen that resented you a little bit? Now that I think back about it, I think... Hmm. I mean there's got to be a little bit of jealousy right especially if if you've been in the swim team since a freshman and now you're a senior and you you know you've bided your time Then next thing you know you know this record-breaking software comes (laughs) in and takes your spot
1: yeah there was there was one um that was less of an experience we got over our differences later on in the year but uh there was originally some there was some jealousy there Mm -hmm. and i can't blame him for that he was there for a while and of course there was a little bit of an idea, like, "Oh, he should have gotten it. He's older. He has a seniority there," but um, yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, what went
0: down at the midseason championships at Maryland two uh, two years ago in 2016? Because oh, I, I heard this story, and it's one. It, I feel like it's one of the better stories you got.
1: Yeah. Um, do we are we good with brand names here? That's fine. Okay. So I had right after a workout. I remember it was. Three days leading into probably one of the biggest meets of my uh, biggest meets of my season. It's this mid-season championship meet. Everybody's tapered. Everybody's shaved. Everybody's getting hyped. For those who aren't experienced with swimming, what does that mean? Okay, so tapering is the act of um, pretty much cutting down practice yardage, um, making focusing a little bit more on speed and power. So when it comes to the day of the meet you feel a little bit more powerful, you feel a little bit more explosive, rather than just being beaten down all the time by regular training. It's kind of like when a baseball
0: player is in the on-deck circle, they've got the huge donut on their bat, so it feels heavier, and then when they swing it for real,
1: it's lighter. Yeah, exactly. Uh So we'll focus a lot on like, we'll actually use parachutes in the water, Hmm. or resistive cords, just to kind of hold us back, and just really feel where we're holding the water and such, but uh, I'm kind of going off on a tangent here. Um, But just those general ideas, and especially cutting back the yardage so you don't feel as tired, those are two main Keys to uh, tapering, and we kind of follow a reg- set regimen. It's uh, two weeks, one one to two weeks or a month, based uh-huh. on the meat. And that's and before the huge meats come, right? Do you do it for every meat or just certain meats? Uh, just certain meats. Typically, it'll line up with our mid-season meat and our uh, f- end of the season meat, which is NCAP invite in this uh, circumstance, and then NCSAs. Okay. Um, but back to uh, <laughs> 2016, I ended up deciding to get a. Uh, a burrito bowl from Chipotle. Nice. <laughs> happened to be not the best decision for myself. Uh-huh. I did not feel that great the next day, but the day after that was when it really hit me. I ended up completely bedridden for that a uh, couple of th- just for that day. I couldn't really move. I couldn't really function, and there was not really a vision of competing at my midseason meet. It was awful. I think I had a diet of graham crackers saltine crackers and ginger ale yeah and i had that for three days i'm pretty sure i lost a countless amount of weight and i think we g- the day before um the day before the last day i'm just completely sick i'm out of my mind I'm delirious and we decided, have you raced at all yet or no no i haven't raced at all because uh i ended up missing the first two days of the meet i'm sorry i'm just kind of uh, a little bit bouncing around in my head no but um so the first two days, I end up missing it because I'm sick. But the day before the last day, I decided to get in the pool and just try and swim and see what how I feel. And maybe come back on the last day. And I'm not feeling it at all. I'm still on that like weird diet. I'm still just completely dehydrated. And it really wasn't looking up. And uh, I decided to go anyways on that last day. It was. I'm not really sure what motivated me to. Um, my parents were completely fine with it, but they were still worried if I... I heard your mom was begging you not to go. Yeah, it, yeah. Was, it was a little bit of an argument there. But at that point, I was just like, you know what, let's see what we can mm-hmm. do. Um, so I get to the venue, I warm up, I'm not feeling too hot. It was probably one of the worst warmups of my life. I'm just feeling sluggish. My coach is like, Sean, what's wrong with you? And we're just sitting there like really contemplating my options here. And my mom starts ramping up the intensity. She's really trying to vie for me not to swim my events. Mm
0: -hmm. Ramping up the intensity in terms of arguing with you,
1: not the race. And uh, she's getting emotional at this point as well. Mm -hmm. So at the last moment, part of me is just like, I'm about to hop out of this race. I can't do it. And then there's just like tiny little nagging voices. She's like, you got to go out there and see what you can do. So I hop behind the blocks. I suit up. Um, I finally get over my routine. And I'm in, the, I'm in the pool getting ready for my start. And then just something kind of washes over me from just all this worry of all this anxiety. I kind of just go calm. And it's just like, you know what? I have nothing to lose. And so I ended up swimming the race um, and actually cutting three seconds off my personal best. Uh, it was did you really win s- the race? Yeah, I did. <laughs> I ended up really... What event s- was it? This is the 200 Backstroke. Okay. And um, it's one of my prime events as well. I really was not expecting it to go anywhere near that because it ended up being my first um, US national qualifying time it really set me up well and it kind of just blew my expectations out of the water and uh, I ended up finding out later that my mom was so uh, disheveled by the whole experience that she was crying like she was really just trying to get me out of the pool but I ended up swimming that and it kind of resolved itself so you were a sophomore at that time right yes I was a sophomore man
0: <laughs> I've heard you now say that three different events are your prime events yeah it's uh <laughs> so I'm trying to think what maybe the better question would be
1: what's not a prime event for Sean Conway Ooh, um, until about last year I would say a lot of events but coach Jeremy my current coach has really made it his goal to kind of really shape out whatever weaknesses I have and of course I do have weak strokes I, I'd say fly right now is my weakest area um, but he we've trained so much all around at this point that I'm finding myself swimming events I would have never thought mm-hmm. about swimming about two or three years ago and that makes you more versatile as a swimmer itself absolutely yeah and uh, that was actually one of the things I was recruited on was versatility rather than like a top end mm-hmm. one a singular event I mean listen when you set like what you said what three state
0: records now yeah <laughs> <laughs> You said, when you said three state records, I think you could say you're a top-of-the-line swimmer. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, so you finished the mid-season rage, race, mm-hmm. and then you get out of the pool, everyone's congratulating you. How are you
1: feeling in that moment? What's the emotion like? I just wanted to go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> that was, uh, as much as that was an exciting race for me, I still wasn't feeling the best. I actually had another race that day as well. Um, ended up finishing we're really well in that one is uh additionally it was the 200 im which Mm -hmm. is of course one of my more favorite events and uh as soon as that session was done that was a prelim session so then we moved into finals um i ended up going to a hotel lobby because i didn't have a room for that day Uh and i found this couch and i completely passed out for the Uh three hours between (laughs) prelims and finals it was actually really funny there's um i woke up and I found that somebody texted me a picture of me falling asleep on the couch (laughs) from an unknown number. So it really freaked me out for a little bit, then I realized it was one of the coaches that I knew. (laughs) But uh, that's completely unrelated, but yeah. (laughs) How did the finals go? I mean, you're still probably a little bit sick at that point. Yeah, it was, I wouldn't say it was as great as my prelim session, but honestly, I was just taking whatever I could get at that point. I ended up having two second place finishes. Still was right around my best time, so I was pretty happy about it.
0: You recently went down to the state championships and then won. You've got five state championships now, right? Oh uh, yes I have. So I'm you know, I'm in the Academy of Science, so you know we do a lot of math there. Right. <laughs> Last time I checked, you can only have four years of high school, right? Yes. And this is your fourth year, you haven't gone to your fourth state championship
1: yet. No, that'll be next week. So in three years, three years of state championships five titles how does that work um so the way that high school swimming works is that we're allowed up to two events and two relays per year um and each year well my freshman year i won one event and that was the 500 free so i was an individual state title and then the next two years sophomore junior year i ended up being able to uh split into two events and uh, take titles individually in both of those unbelievable
0: So you win the stage championships. What's the celebration like after that? I mean, Ooh. that's gotta be
1: you know one of the like the, that's gotta be one of the better moments you've had, right? Yeah, um, it's I vividly remember my first one. Um, yeah, the first one's the, the, first more, one the most exciting. The most so impactful. what was it, what, what happens after um, you win? I climb out of the pool. I mean, they did a really great job of setting up that meet to the point where it's intense. I mean, swimming's not necessarily known as the most uh, the most engaging when it comes to spectator sports, uh-huh. um, just from a general perspective audience, but the way they organized it with the music and just really setting up those records to be broken, right? Uh-huh. It was just such an environment to foster just fast swimming and hype and all of this just great energy. Mm-hmm. And I just remember climbing out of the deck and I had a couple of my teammates up there just jumping up and down and it was probably one of the best feelings. Uh, I I mean, I can't say much in uh, retrospect about my celebration i had a great time but i had to also turn around and uh five yeah. minutes later so my next event yeah. <laughs> that one didn't go as well because i was uh <laughs> in my first year i wasn't really built for endurance mm-hmm. and uh, i ended up really tiring out mm-hmm. but uh it was still a good finish but after the meet i mean the only way the only f- way f- uh the only way fit for a swimmer to celebrate was just a lot of food yeah i mean we just went out ate dinner had a great time and uh i think that was enough of a celebration for me <laughs>
0: yeah i'm gonna be asking you about your diet in a bit but before that now you know the patriots recently won the super bowl and people are like you celebrate a lot
1: after the first one and then after the fifth one or the sixth one you know gets a little bit boring is that anything for you i don't think so um honestly from a personal perspective States has maintained that energy, has maintained that charm that not a lot of meets have. And honestly, I think that each, with each uh, s- success, each victory, just comes more learning experiences, more developments, and even more of an opportunity and more of a reason to just be happy with it and uh, just keep on going on, have fun, compete. So, yeah. What's the next step for you? Uh, right now, um, I have States coming up in the next week, sh- thinking short-term, and then um, just going into the season, I'll be taking these next couple of months to really train, da- train in, focus on uh, my uh, champ season coming up. And really, it's just gonna be a matter of going out there. Um, this will be the end of the short course season, which means uh, short course yards. And um, that'll be my last opportunity to really get in my college events. Mm-hmm. So we're really taking this seriously as a matter of competitiveness, winning events, and such.
0: We talked earlier about setting records. Mm-hmm. So you finish a race where you've set a record, you get out of the water. I'm, they've got a board with all the times, right? Yes. So you see the board. Mm-hmm. Do you already know what the record for the event is in your head, or does someone have to come tell you?
1: Um, a lot of the times, it's something that I've really studied. I've always kind of it's it's part of my goal-setting process to be able to look at those times and reinforce that I mean I'll be thinking about those times in practice when I'm doing my pace or I'll be thinking about those times before I go to bed and just kind of visualizing the perfect race to get that time or be under it by a well by a greater amount and a lot of this stuff is just like to the point where you internalize this time so when you get to the blocks you already know what to do and you already know what you need to execute to get it so when you hit the board and you see your time it's already kind of there that you already have in your mind. But it also helps that uh, in the top left corner, they have the state records just kind of posted up there as well. So it kind (laughs) of blinks when you hit it. Yeah.
0: Uh, What is, in your mind, the perfect race?
1: That's, um, when it comes to race... That's a pretty deep question, right? Yeah, no, no.
0: (laughs) Contemplating the existentiality. (laughs) Yeah.
1: But the perfect race is... Honestly, when I think of the sport of swimming... The biggest thing that really comes out of the competitiveness of it all is there's never the perfect race. There's always something better to do. And I mean, you look at swimmers like Phelps, Lochte, Ledecky, all these dominant players in the field. If you ask them just about any, if even the greatest races of all time, I mean, I call back to um, 2008 Beijing Olympics, Michael Phelps going a 4.03.8 in the uh, 400 IM. And I mean, coaches, specialists all around. We're just like that was the perfect race, mm-hmm. and then you go and ask Michael Phelps after the interview, and he's just like, "Oh man, I messed up this turn here. This is something I can work on." I feel like there's always something to build on, even when you have the American record, when you have the world record, there's always going to be something to tune up or something to work on. And uh, that kind of mentality came from my coach, um, Jeremy. He- Jeremy Lin. Yes, Jeremy Lin. Not not the NBA player. Though. No, unfortunately <laughs> not. I think the only difference is the, the M- two ends. ends. Yeah. yeah, but. Um, he he was a uh, 1996 he was an Olympian. He broke the American record, held it for 9 years and even as an American record holder as one of the most dominant breaststrokers in the country, he was always working on something. He came to practice with a definite goal in mind each time and just completely internalized it until it was an it was an extension of him. And each time he would do that, he would move on and that kind of mentality he's helped transfer to me, and I have a long way to go, but in the mind mindset of a perfect race, I don't really think there is one, but uh, I mean, the goal of swimming is to get as close to it as possible.
0: That's, so. that's really interesting because, I mean, I guess if you think that you've peaked at some point, then you stop working, right? But right. for you, it's, you're not chasing, you're not chasing the guy, because obviously, when you're racing, you're in front most of the time, but you're chasing now. You're chasing numbers. I mean, you're chasing ghosts that have raced 10s, 20 years ago.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That's uh, it's, it's always kind of weird to think about it. And as swimming is such an individual sport as it is, I mean, racing against the clock is something that's really hard to visualize, especially in the first couple of years of my swimming. But as it goes farther and farther and you look at these records and times and everything like that, and you just see the developments, it's just really crazy to imagine that. I mean, it comes down to a hundredth of a second or something like that, rather than a, a amount of points on uh-huh. a scoreboard yeah. or the amount of times like that. I mean, it could just come down to just something that's very quantifiable and just definite. And, it's a, and it helps in the goal-setting process because it's something you can... It's almost tangible, right? Um, but, yeah, it's just... Uh, it's, it's definitely a different mindset when you, you kind of look at that stuff.
0: Is there a swimmer you try to emulate in any way? I mean, you talked about Feltz, Lochte, Ledecky right. there. Is there one, any of those that you really, I don't want to say empathize, but want to be?
1: Um, in a lot of aspects, I'd say... I'd have to really think, ba- think about that for <laughs> a little bit. But um, honestly, I'd say my coach right now was my uh, biggest role model when it comes to swimming. I mean, that... And then, of course, you can look at... Uh, just p- certain aspects of people. I mean, of course, like Ledecky with her work ethic or, you know, Phelps with his just amazing underwaters. But, uh, you know, I always call... What do you mean by it underwaters? It, underwaters is, um, they, they call it the fifth stroke, but uh, it's the kicks that you do underwater at the beginning and the turns mm-hmm. of the race mm-hmm. that um, that they're, they're much faster than the actual swimming. But, but there's um, like a
0: limit on how long you could stay
1: underwater, exactly. right? Exactly, right. yeah. So that's 15 meters. But... Um, just being able to utilize those is a huge advantage in races and um, Michael Phelps is probably one of the most dominant in that field but um, just like from a technical aspect of course I do try to emulate some of the best swimmers and I can't really call to a specific person because every single person's build, form factor, height, weight is different Mm -hmm. and even subtle changes can mean a complete change in stroke but um from like a work ethic and mentality standpoint, I'd say my coach probably plays a biggest influence i mean, even though it's been a long time since he's been in the swimming and competitive and international scene, I mean, just his lessons, his take on swimming, not only swimming but life, has really played an impact to me so
0: so you're, how do you, uh, I've asked this question to, a lot of the athletes have been with, you know, basketball players, uh, wrestlers, you know, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. How do you warm up for a meet? So,
1: take us through the process. You get to the pool, to the moment you dive in the water. So how much time do you have there? Okay, so usually it'll be about 20 to 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. So we'll get into the pool, and then by the time I dive in, like, sorry, do you mean like dive in for like, uh, my race, my mm-hmm. first race? Oh, okay, um, that's actually more, Around, I'd say an hour and a half to two hours. Right. So, so what we goes have on a that... lot of time to prepare. Okay, um, we'll typically start out. Um, we'll typically start out just staying on the pool deck, staying warm, staying dry. Um, excuse me. And um, we'll who, s- who is? Are you alone here, or is, who's with you? Oh, uh, sorry. I mean we, but uh, I'm. Like, don't, don't. I'm gonna ask you for all the details. Don't worry about that. Absolutely. Okay. Um, typically, it's my team. Um, depending on who the, who's on that team depends on me and everything like that but my coach will be there we'll just kind of put our bags down on the bleachers and just kind of just take a little bit of time to soak in the scenery just kind of get used to the atmosphere and you know my coach will be doing going off doing coach things mm-hmm. right, whatever right, right. they do um, but typically my personal process I get on deck I put my bags down unpack and of course and then I start out with a dry routine where we'll go through rolling out, just priming the muscles for a good stretch out, and then we'll go through stretch. Um, one thing that I take very seriously is uh, like a pre meat warm up. I go through this thing called a plyo series, which is kind of coined by my coach. Um, we'll go through a bunch of dynamic warm ups, uh, leg kicks, a bunch of that kind of stuff, just to get really, really um, just loosen up, kind of get a shake off any like you know nerves energy and it really just helps out and gets since we do it so much during those meets it helps us get in like a it helps like flip a switch in our minds just like we're in competitive mode now um, after that Cool. Are you listening to music or anything, or ears clear? When I'm when I'm stretching out, yeah, I'll probably be listening to music. Just So, so you know, you got, like, the big headphones or, like, smaller ones, or how does it work? I'm the big headphones kind the of noise guy. Noise-canceling? Everything noise-canceling, just get in my zone, really think about... Not a lot goes through my head during that time because I feel like there's more opportunities for that, but, you know, I'm just focusing on feeling good, and uh, at that point, you know, just any kind of music will do. Mm-hmm. So you don't have, like, a specific warm-up song or anything? Not necessarily. I mean, I do go through a routine of songs, but that's just more of a playlist. What's and a playlist? Let's hear it. Um, let hear the Sean Conway playlist. <laughs> if you're DJing, what's going on? Yeah, <laughs> I, honestly, it's just about a mix of anything. I'll take anything from classic rock, rap. I mean, I am a J. Cole fan. You're a J. Honest. Cole? Yeah. How'd you like Middle Child? Middle Child was. Uh, that's it,
0: two guys now on the team that I've. <laughs> on the podcast that I've liked J. Cole now. But so what'd you think of Middle Child?
1: Yeah, Middle Child was. Uh, it, it definitely kind of fell into the expectation of uh-huh. where J. Cole was going to, like, I, I wasn't necessarily way too impressed with Cod, so... Yeah, nah, it wasn't good. <laughs> yeah, rolling into that, I, I think he's kind of getting back into a flow, yeah. and I enjoyed that, so... Yeah, that's nice to hear. Yeah. Uh, so, you've got J. Cole playing. Right. You're stretching out. What else? Um, just kind of staying relaxed, staying loose, limber, like I've mentioned before. Um, eventually, when that ends, that'll that'll be like a 15-20 to 20 minute period where we're all stretching out, get undressed, suit up, go to the pool and uh, we'll actually do a 20 to 30 minute warm up, and uh, we'll just work on drills, certain things we want to focus on during our races and that's that kind of stuff. Again, just shake out everything we've had from the last day, especially after a long day of traveling, just that loosen up is like necessary. It's actually imperative mm-hmm. for us to do that and prevents injuries, right? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, guy muscle pools are probably some of the worst things that can happen during a race. But um, in addition to that, We'll work like dives, w- like I mentioned before, that whole power thing with the uh, shoots, the parachutes, and the cords. We'll take some of that into our process, and you know everything is about the, like just really having our own personal process for that matter. Um, a lot of it's just being able to be pliable and customize it to what fits best for you. Mm-hmm. And so we'll all go through our own individual warm-ups, and uh, after that's done, um, we'll typically get out as a group. So how long does that take? That's like what, like 20, 30 minutes? Yeah, 20, okay. 30 minutes. And um, after that, we'll have a small talk with our coach, kind of break on a cheer. It's just one thing, one of the uh, habits that we have. So you, you talked about your coach, Jeremy. Is he also the swimming coach for Loudon Valley? No, he is not. That
0: is, so what's uh, the relationship between those two? Like, cause, I mean, I'm guessing you're getting advice from both of them, right? So right. do you defer to one over the other? Or um, Honestly,
1: Right now, I'd probably say my club coach has, like, most of my ears because of, you know, how much time I spend with Mm -hmm. him. I'm, you know, I'm there eight times a week. Um, Club coach meaning the Valley coach? uh, Club coach actually meaning Coach Jeremy. Oh, okay. Because, yeah, club coach and then high school coach, which is Coach Sweet. Um, But Coach Jeremy, um, I've spent two years with him now. And it's just kind of like he's seen my swimming a lot more often and just kind of knows a lot more about my process and such and nothing on coach sweet of course she's been she's been an awesome high school coach but uh it's just like it typically when it comes to those meets i'll be like it's a lot of like the advice and the Mm -hmm. uh and the technique advice that uh, i get from coach jeremy
0: all right, so you've got that little coach, the chat going on with the coaches, right. and then you
1: know, you guys break out into the cheer. Yeah, it's uh, now you're what, like an hour. Yeah, we're about an hour in. Um, probably just another another about fifteen minutes till the meet starts. And since girls go first, we always have that little buffer, which is mm-hmm. about thirty minutes, just to do whatever we need to do. Um, but I'll typically after the, at this point, once we break from our cheer, I'll put my music back on. Um, we'll be rolling out doing a little bit more stretching. I mean, stre- <laughs> I keep on mentioning that, but stretching is just a huge part mm-hmm. of what we do. And uh, after that, we'll actually change into our, um, our racing suits. We call these tech suits, because um, just a little bit of terminology, though. Um, so we have our practice suits, of course, and then tech suits are knee-length jammers that are made out of this certain material that reflect water a lot better than cert- just regular suits. So reflect meaning like yeah, repel it in a way? Yeah, repel it in a way, yeah. Um, it makes us a lot mm-hmm. more streamlined, and they, they're they pretty costly. <laughs> um, that's probably one of the harder parts about the, uh, just getting ready for competitions is having to buy those suits because mm-hmm. they don't last that long. But, um, yeah, they repel water. They're tight, so they keep uh, circulation pretty well in the legs. And there's just certain... Aspects—they're made by a bunch of different companies, but there's just certain aspects to them that make you feel faster, a little bit more confident in the water, of course. And um, and uh, so we'll typically suit up by then, um, put on our racing suits, and then just continue to roll out, keep our music, get in the zone. Um, What is the zone for you? What do you think? Like, is it empty? Is it thinking about what's
0: going to go on in the race? Is it? You know what? What what is the zone for you? Um,
1: the zone for me is just really, I wouldn't necessarily say empty, but calm. Mm-hmm. Um, part of my process is visualizing my races, but I don't do that a little like I don't do that too close to my races, of course, just because that builds up a little bit of anxiety, a little bit of uh, worriedness about how it's going to go. But just being able to visualize certain things, like a tiny aspect of like one part of the race. Like, hey, like, how am I gonna nail this turn? Mm. Or just like something that you've been working on in practice is just really important to my personal uh, way of getting ready for a race. So when I'm in that zone, I'm either thinking about that kind of stuff or just enjoying the music, and uh, because that's what just keeps me going, keeps me uh, calm, excited, and uh, I know those are kind of two. Mm -hmm. uh, No, I I get what you're saying, but like just ready to go, Uh and uh, I mean that zone is characterized by i'd say focus um focus a little bit of nerves and just good energy and just just being ready just being hype i I don't necessarily know how to explain it because it's just a very it's a very raw feeling but when it's a feeling of just good anticipation it's just like you know you just know you're ready for a race when it comes to that
0: All right, so you're stretching out. You're in the buffer time right now, where the girls are starting to race. Right. Are you watching, or are you doing something? Are you in like a different room, or are you still on the deck? Uh,
1: We're still on the deck at this point. Um, If there's uh, girls on our team that are racing, we'll usually stand up and cheer for them because they're the ones who set the tone for the meet. And uh, it's always great to watch them, you know, do good because that gives you a little bit more confidence going into your races. But uh, we'll. I'd say we'll continue to do that for about until 15 minutes until like, I'm on the blocks and ready to race, like when they're actually sending us up. Um, by that 15 minute mark, I'll, you know I'll start getting in my own area. Um, when it's finals, like at the big meets, we'll have a ready room. So they'll bring all the swimmers that are in that like certain final, typically it's championship final, they'll kind of move them all into the ready room and that's where you're a little more isolated, you're a little bit more separated from the noise and that's when you go from man I'm ready for this to let's do this and it's just that kind of switch where everybody's just really intense and you know of course you have people having conversations but you know that everybody's just figuring out how they're going to do their race the best and how this is going to go. I mean there's a couple <laughs> there's there's of course there's swimmers that try and get in other swimmers heads, you know, mm-hmm. mind games, intimidation and that kind of stuff. You do stuff. any of that or no? I stay away from it. It's not necessarily my style. Um just and I don't necess- I don't really think that I mean, honestly, I'm fine with it when other people try and do it to me because it doesn't really get in my head, but I wouldn't be the person to do it to other people. When you say mind games, like, what are they saying to you? Um, Remembering that this is a PG podcast. Right, no, yeah. Um, They are... I mean, trash talk is a certain thing. That only really happens between teammates because... uh, (laughs) we you know we always That's have more friendly competition other. exactly but when you're in a room with a bunch of people that you don't know it's very subtle things that kind of are the mind games of the ready room because you know if you uh, I, I this is a pretty popular meme but uh, 2016 with uh, the whole Michael Phelps with his uh-huh. face and, right, you know right. the guy shadow boxing that's that's kind of a little bit exaggerated when it comes to the regular one you can tell by their body position or like people will actually try almost like inflate themselves like look bigger just to intimidate the competition but uh, most most of the time it's just people with their headphones just you know in their own area so
0: um, at this point you're trying to block everything else out though right. It's
1: singular focus yeah, absolutely and uh, I mean if there's another teammate in there, you know I'll probably be talking to them and just anything that will keep me occupied loose loose, occupied during before we get up on the blocks, Mm -hmm. so it's it's just kind of whatever is in the scenario for that matter and then usually after that that'll be about five minutes we're in the ready room i'll do my dynamic stretches once more before we get on the blocks um, I will walk, and then they'll bring us out. Um, when it's finals, it's kind of cool. They bring us out to a walkout song. If you're top seed, you get to pick it. Like states does that. Did you get a pick? Have you ever been top seed? Uh, yes, I have. Um, most of my states championships have been uh, top seeds. Going S- subtle finals. flex there for everyone else, just a little <laughs> subtle one. <laughs> um, but the op- it's just it's nice to be able to just you know pick a couple of songs that you know you'll get hyped to, and What'd you pick? all over the. So, um, Lawn Valley has, we're kind of known for the jungle mm-hmm. and of course, you know, Guns of Roses, right, right. They'll, they'll kind of pull me in yeah. every time, but, uh, that, um, it'll be a mixture of that. I've picked, I think I picked Eminem one year. Um, I think I picked, gosh. I have to think back on that, but Zeppelin, a lot of the rock stuff gets uh-huh. gets uh, gets me going. <laughs> but uh, and of course, it's just universally like everybody. Knows everyone, everyone the... gets hyped for it. Exactly. Have you ever tried to just like throw off the competition, just like put on like a lullaby? Okay, so the funny thing that happened with that, there was another kid at states that did that. Really, <laughs> three years in a row. It wasn't necessarily a lullaby, but they were really funny songs. Um, I'd have to think. I think he did the Pokemon theme song three times in a row. It was great. I mean, honestly, that probably got more people hyped than a regular song would. uh, That's great. Yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> all right. So I've seen like sometimes swimmers have like a little box, like they'll put all their stuff into headphones. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so when we're behind the blocks, they'll have a little basket out. And how that works is they have a couple of volunteers behind the curtain. They'll run out, pick up the stuff and move it to a back room for us to pick up later on. So what's in, the, what's in your basket? Uh, what usually in my basket, it'll be my phone, my headphones. Uh, I'll typically walk out with my shoes on just to keep my feet warm in a parka and a towel. Um, I'm pretty simple when it comes to that stuff, but I know people that you know deck on the full uh, the full tracksuit mm-hmm. or you know the That's whole. Too thing. much for you? Yeah, I mean, I considered. Uh, <laughs> this is kind of a. Uh, this is more of just a funny th- afterthought, but uh, like tear off sweatpants.
0: Oh, like the NBA players? Yeah, that would be that would be great. Yeah, that'd be great. Just to see like uh, there's like a this is Sports Center commercial right where these two guys are hyping each other up and. They're like they're like the sports center anchor, so they're both wearing suits. Yeah, and they get out there and they tear off the suit, the suit <laughs> pants. Yeah, and so that that's always what I think of when someone, when I see like a basketball game or anything. Right. All right. So then, all this stuff is gone. It's you. It's the water. Yeah. What you get on, you know,
1: the blocks. Mm-hmm. What's what's going mind? So at that point, pretty much that's the point where nothing's in there. I mean, <laughs> it's uh, it's just that calm it's a weird feeling because you're just kind of sitting there like man i want to get in the water i want to race this and then there's also the secondary feeling of like man what's going to happen Uh but as soon as you're on the blocks like it's almost like you kind of breathe all of that worry all of that doubt all that anticipation you just kind of breathe it out and when you're behind the blocks it's just complete focus and it's not even focused on a specific thing like what i'm going to do it's just that everything's tuned out and uh I liken it to you know everything just kind of dying down and you only hearing your own heartbeat until mm-hmm. the starter goes off. It, it's just it's just a rush, honestly. But uh, you know you get up on the blocks, you're down. They say take your mark, and they have that like two or three second hesitation where you're just down there and it's just dead silent. And uh, yeah, yeah, no one wants to make a sound during that. Time. It, yeah, exactly. They can get uh, DQ'd for that, so disqualified.
0: You jump in the water. Mhm. Are you like thinking about the people next to you or is it a singular focus on you and your time? Are uh, you even thinking about the time?
1: So I don't put way too much emphasis on the time when I'm in the water. Um, the big thing about it is like, I always keep in mind that if you execute properly, the time will come with that. Uh-huh. So my focus is always on the process rather than the result. Um, the people around me, that's not necessarily way too much of a concern. I'll always keep tabs on uh, where they are and, you know, of course, if somebody's pulling ahead, I'll make a quick change into my process to, you know, pick something mm-hmm. up. But I never get into this, I never, I, I used to, but I've kind of trained it out of myself to like never kind of have that panic stroke where I start revving up or uh-huh. try and speed up to catch up to somebody. And then screw up your technique. Exactly, and that'll be like, it's kind of out of pocket. And when you do that, you screw up your technique, Um, And then that leads to getting fatigued a little faster, and it can just lead to a lot of things falling apart in the race that you don't want to. So, you know, maybe you see the kid pulling ahead of you, but you don't want to act on it just like Mm -hmm. instantly. You know, you want to be able to take it into your turn, or if you know you specialize in something a little bit better than they do, you can really take advantage of that and uh, just kind of overpower them in the end. So just kind of like keeping minor tabs on them, but not necessarily putting all your focus on where they're at in the race do you have so let's say you start a race and a guy gets a little bit ahead of you do you have mm-hmm. any point where you're
0: like all right i'm gonna make up that difference in this spot yeah or i'm gonna make up the difference at the end i mean are do you start out slow and then build up or do you try to just keep a constant pace so that's
1: actually pretty funny because um i'm actually uh, i'm i'm kind of known for back halfing my races a little too much back
0: halfing meaning you go uh, i go faster faster in the, in the second end. half yeah that's called
1: a reverse split right yeah, they call it, they typically call it either reverse or negative split. Mm-hmm, negative split Yeah. But, um, it's, uh, like if I see especially in the IM because the IM like I said the IM is such an engaging event is because you know you never know what people specialize in so you may have somebody that's really slow on the fly right and then come back and just overpower everybody on the backstroke and then maybe have a weaker breaststroke mm-hmm. and then come home on the freestyle and you just have these people that specialize in different strokes but since they're so fast in their respective strokes they all have the same time mm-hmm. so it's really cool in that regard to see that because especially like when I swim the 200 IM or the 400 IM I know that maybe I don't have the best fly Split, but I know that if I do it right, I'll have the better back split and be able to catch that ground or cover more distance. And uh, something that's really helped me out recently is uh, all the work I've been putting into uh, training up my, you know, secondary strokes—butterfly and breaststroke—is because rather than you know losing that ground, I'll hold the ground hold steady even. so I can actually you yeah. know pull that ahead. And that's uh, one of my greater strategies. Have you ever had like a huge comeback win? Um. Man, I... There's a couple I can think about, actually. But uh, there was... It's... Not... Hmm. Let's hear about the couple. You? Yeah, the, the couple, I mean... I wouldn't necessarily say it was a win. I actually ended up coming in fourth in that... Fifth? Fourth? Fifth? In that race? Something around there. Um, But, uh... It was, such a, it was such a close race that, like, I talked to my coach after the race. This is actually NCSA's last year, so my junior national So meet. what event was this? This is the 200 backstroke. Okay. And um, what happened was I split out relatively slow. I was out in a 51-2 compared to kids that were going out around two seconds faster than me. Okay. To put that in perspective, that's almost about a body length and a half, mm-hmm. so it looks relatively large in a pool. And I kind of saw that, and I was like, man, i got to kick it in gear. So you're, what, you said it's the 200, so you're one-fourth of the way into the race, and yes. they're
0: and, a body uh, length ahead of you. Yeah. Okay, so that, that that's a pretty sizable margin already.
1: Uh, yeah, and so the the lead kind of maintains going into the the 100 wall, which is the fourth length, essentially, so halfway through the race, and that's when I really start realizing, like, I need to pick up my tempo, work my underwaters, and just certain things that I've been working on in the process, and uh, the fact that I was able to kind of kick that into gear really kind of saved my butt in that, instance because i ended up splitting home in a 100 split that was only 0.6 slower Mm -hmm. than what i went out in so it was almost an even split and what that did was it actually ended up pulling me home for fifth place where if i didn't i would have taken a larger hit and the cool thing about that race was that first first was one in a 142 high but second through fifth there was seven one hundredths of a second separating four people in that race, Whoa. and um, I ended up talking to my coach after that race, and he's just like, "Yeah, that was probably the most uh, that was probably the most awesome heat of the meet by far because just everybody was so close, and all the times that we ended up going were actually national standards, so it was it was really crazy to see and be a part of. I think that was a cool experience. So that's one of the comebacks you talked about. What about the second? Um, I'd say the second comeback was. Uh, I'd say I I couldn't necessarily say uh, tie it to a specific um, event, but uh, 400 IM is uh, typically a time where I like to kind of back half it because um, sometimes my 200, my front 200 split where I have butterfly and backstroke won't be the greatest, and I can tie that back to um, actually my first. You know, a specific event, actually, would be uh, my first national competition, which was Arena Pro Series in Texas in 2016. And I was really tired going into that race, so Mm -hmm. I didn't have the best front half. And I saw where I was, and it was actually one of my first official finals. Like, it it was like a national meet, and I was flabbergasted at the point... Where like man, I'm racing like college kids, or I'm racing Olympians. The intimidation that that, that they came in there. Yeah, and it was it was it was a hard it was a hurdle to get over, but um, it just kind of opened me up to this whole new opportunity of uh, racing and just swimming that I really never knew before. But it, just going back to that whole back half thing, I had a terrible front half, and I ended up closing from seventh, I think, to second in one one hundred and uh and that was breaststroke and that was one of my weaker strokes back then too so i think that was just kind of the more like panic scramble but i'm pretty happy that i was able to do that because uh it kind of taught me that i have more energy than i think i do so yeah
0: i'm gonna talk to you about what kind of work you put in the diet and then your background with swimming but before that let's take a quick break okay Let's take a minute and take a break to talk about the technical foul. The Technical foul is looking for companies that would like to advertise on this podcast. If you want your 30-second ad read to be placed in the middle of podcasts with the best athletes in Loudoun County, send an email to owen at locosports.info or go to locosports.info slash advertise. Once again, that's owen at locosports.info or locosports.info slash advertise. In the meantime, check out locosports.info for incredible coverage of all things Loudoun County sports today. The Technical Foul Podcast is brought to you by the Loco Sports Podcast Network. Check out Loco Sports to get all the scores, stories, and information on all the high school teams in Loudoun County. As always, thank you to Neha for the producer of this podcast, and thank you to our listeners. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to The Technical Foul wherever you listen to podcasts, and hit me up with a follow on Twitter at Shankar. That's all for this episode. I'll see you next time.